From Relay FM, this is Connected, episode 488. Today's episode is brought to you by ShipStation, NetSuite, and Ecamm. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Federico Vatici. Hello, Mike. How are you? I'm very good, Federico. How are you? Well, I'm also very good. And we're also joined by Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello, Stephen. Hello from the metaverse. Oh. Are you, are you in the metaverse? I got the wrong headset in the mail. I don't, there was some mix up. <laughs> oh, no. No one has legs. <laughs> well, in the Vision Pro, nobody has anything other than shoulders and That's the true. occasional hands. So, <laughs> you know, they're not doing much better. That's that's about as much as you need. You, you don't really need legs. You know, it's, it's fine. True. You just, you know, shoulders, hands, that, that's it. It's okay. Heads, shoulders, knees, and toes. Yeah, the song's a lot shorter in the Vision Pro, you know? Yeah, I wanted to issue follow-up today because weirdly most of our follow-up is about a thing we haven't spoken about yet. So I wanted to move it to the end of the show and we just begin by talking about the Vision Pro right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys can talk about the Vision Pro. <laughs> yeah, um, can we get a status update? Like, status update. Where in the world is Federico's Vision Pro? <laughs> right now, I'm living this sort of like Schrodinger's Vision Pro situation <laughs> where yep, yep. The, my Vision Pro may or may not be in Ohio. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> but you may mm-hmm. be asking, but Tichi, you bought it on Friday. Yes. But shipping turned out to be more complex than we anticipated. Let me tell you the brief version. When you declare the value of something that you want to ship from the United States to be over $3,000, it opens a whole can of worms that, <laughs> thankfully, we got, we got to build a monument for OTJ here. Yes. He's been dealing with all this things with U.S. customs and what uh, the, the whole process of shipping an item with a value above $3,000 and all the documentation that we didn't know was necessary. So John has been dealing with all of that, multiple phone calls. Uh, oh, no. Is that to be on the phone? Oh, yeah, but he's, yeah. a, he's, oh, a good, God. he's a boomer. He likes phone calls. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, he that doesn't. was John's choice. No, they offered him a form or the phone, and he chose yeah. phone. <laughs> I don't want an online chat. I want to speak to another human. He doesn't. He tried. He tried with email first, and the email didn't work. And then uh-huh. he had to do multiple phone calls and another visit to the shipping center where he originally went to. It was a whole thing. And finally, finally, this morning, I woke up and I saw an email saying, "Your package has been processed at the Cincinnati." hub and it's now leaving cincinnati ohio mm. but i still don't see what it is so i'm guessing that the package is currently on a plane on its way to germany and then from germany it'll find its way to italy but there's an excellent sign that seems to you know knock on wood and everything suggest that everything is going to be fine i have already paid my import taxes because i got an email saying, okay. these are your import taxes, pay them. I paid them, I got a receipt, and it says, great, you've paid your import taxes, your package is now proceeding to destination. Oh. So, fingers crossed, it'll be in Germany tonight, and hopefully, maybe even in Italy tomorrow, I'm guessing that I'll get it by tomorrow or Friday. So, I was supposed to get it on Tuesday, I paid for an express worldwide delivery for Tuesday, but huge lesson learned here if you declare something up with a value of above three thousand dollars in the u.s good luck 
Oh, I'm sorry. Me too. This must it's be fine. very stressful. It's fine, but thank you, OTJ, for <laughs> dealing with that volume of emails and phone calls mm-hmm. and documents. Uh, thank you for making that happen. The things that man does, truly incredible. It's true. You know? It, yeah, he, he man, he's yeah. just the best, you know? Yeah, he is. He is. That's why he is the one true John. That's why there are no others. The, the one true John. So all yeah. this to say, I don't have a vision, bro. I am curious to learn how you guys have been using it. I have a few questions. I have a few doubts. And I'm, I'm, just, uh, I'm just here to take in the knowledge that you will cast upon me. So please um, shower me in knowledge today and your first impressions. I've got to say, I'm actually today pretty keen to hear Steven's impressions because mm. I've spoken about an upgrade, right? So I think people have heard that. Um, and also, like, we've been chit-chatting as a group. And I feel like Steven has been quite reserved one way or another. Like, I, I genuinely do not know where you're standing on this right now. Yeah. And and I'm I'm actually... I'm excited about this. But before, I do want to touch on one thing before that, if that's okay, which is just the store experience. Um, So we both went and bought us in stores right you steven you went to the store in memphis i went here in i'm here in uh on Man, in, in on manhattan and uh, i went to the fifth avenue store which is where i met tim cook um and yeah. i'm happy to let everybody know that tim is smaller than me i'm taller than tim which i did not expect obviously but does tim cook think he's taller than you 100 yeah, a... he does ah, tim cook does not see. have my problem right like he does not have that problem Tim Cook believes and is probably right to believe that he stands above everybody. Mm. But in this one instance, right. but especially I was, Mike Hurley. Yeah. Especially yeah, he it. actually said that. He was like, Oh, you're smaller than I thought, which was yeah, an interesting yeah, yeah. thing yeah, to yeah, tell yeah. me. It was really weird of him to say that. Yeah. But uh he did. That's what he yeah, said. It's kinda kinda can, yeah, can yeah. I ask you a what? question about being Tim Cook? Um Yeah. Does he sound as southern in person as he does on recordings? Yes, and I think what act- it's actually accentuated in person because he is very gracious and humble, right? So like that, that f- it feels like he has even more of a Southern vibe when mm. talking directly with him than when he presents. Oh, because they're very gracious and, and humble in, in, in the South? Is that I've is found that, that to be the case. Stephen, I don't know if you... Yeah, we're really like agree. super humble, y'all. We're like the most humble people there are. Or maybe well, it's just okay. Stephen and Let Stephen's say, family who are humble. <laughs> I have met people in this, like, you know, it's like a Southern hospitality kind of idea, right? Like yeah. that that convention of like, it is typically believed people from the South that like, you know, they, they, they're, you know, come on in, da, 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 you know, like that kind of idea. I'm painting with a broad brush, you okay, know? Okay, okay. Oh, okay, I get it. And uh, I he had that vibe. So it was, he was more like... I think it's like genteel the word I'm trying to use here. I think like so. It was just, yeah. yeah, that was kind of the vibe. It it was pretty surreal. It was a pretty surreal uh, morning. But I wanted, unless you guys want to know any more, anything more about Tim. How Cook, long was the interaction between you two? At least a minute. Okay. There were three questions asked and answered. I don't remember the third one. 
Like, because at that point, my brain was just like, okay, I'm going to ask for a selfie now. And like, I was just trying to like get the courage up to ask for the selfie. Mm -hmm. And like, the the things, it was just like, you know, I said, oh, this is so awesome. Congratulations. This is a really exciting day, a really exciting store, da 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 da. You know, it was was a very like surface level conversation, um, which was what I wanted to do, you know. I, maybe I should have gone in and said like, "Hey Tim, tell me all about the core technology fee." Like, you know, I guess I could have gone one way no, or another. No, you should have just put you know? a hand on his shoulder, look, mm-hmm. look at him straight in the eye, and be like, "Tim, tell me, are you happy?" Wow. Like wow. <laughs> what is your What is your deepest fear? <laughs> and then that's the end. Uh, never again am I allowed to speak to anyone. Yeah, but um, um, obviously, I'm happy for you. That was such a great Thank picture, you. great moment. Well done, well done. Worth. I was the happy trip, with the photo. I bet. Yeah. I would say yes. It was a definitely a, a kind of cherry on the top of this trip. I just, I just realized the two of you have selfies with Tim Cook, and I don't. Now I, I got to get one. I don't, Federico. Do you have a selfie with him? Because you have that really incredible photo. Do you have a selfie? I have too? a self. I have a selfie and a private conversation with Tim Cook. Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're next, Stephen. I hope so. Yeah. You should just accost him some when you see him next. You know, just like walk up to him and be like, "Hey, you mm. spoke to both my friends. Why won't you speak to me?" I'm 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 not saying the correlation is causation here, Stephen. But 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 I'm just saying that of the three of us. The two people who do not collect old Macs are the ones who were able to have mm, a picture yep. with Tim Cook. Yep. That's so. true. Tim Tim likes the future. He doesn't want he doesn't care about the past. I'm just saying. Or do you think it's his gate? Do you think that's still following me around? Yes. Can you imagine <laughs> you you that really quickly? He's just like he's just like <laughs> you know, he just makes like that sound back at you and you're like, oh no, he remembers. He remembers. But but anyway, enough of Tim Cook. So. Enough of Tim Cook. The store, the store experience was very interesting. Um, and I wanted to put a couple of links in the show notes uh, to some work from Michael Stieber. And in his, he has a Substack, right? Yeah. Uh, and he has a lot of imagery um, and kind of talking about the experience. I did not do the try on. It was given to me as an option and, and I didn't want to do it. It didn't, I didn't feel the need, um, especially because I'm here for a week. If I had like fit issues, I would have come back. I kind of wanted to just, get in and get out of the store as fast as possible because it was super busy but i was pretty impressed by like the way some of the stuff looked like it seems like these big apple stores now have these really beautiful seating areas for try-ons and i could see people doing them but the main thing i want is like the apple store employees are taking the vision pros around with these little trays and i want one of these trays and michael steva has an image of it in his piece like I, i i don't know where to put this thing when mm. I get home, you know, like where does it go? And like having one of these beautiful little wooden trays where it's like all fits nicely, that looks really good. It's one reason I bought the travel case. It's like I need a place to to put this thing. Case is great. I okay. love the case. Yeah. The case is awesome. Uh I did in-store pickup. I did the try-on. I did the demo. The try-on was, you know, they they did my face. It was the same measurement that my iPhone had given me the week before. So they brought one out with sort of my configuration. They scanned my glasses so they could put Zeiss lenses in that matched my prescription. And uh, my wife, Mary, and I both did the demo. And it was my first experience with it. Y'all got to try it at WWDC. I did not. And probably because I collect old Macs. (laughs) And we're like, wait, is this headset? Is it making a noise? Cut that, Jim. But... So anyways, it was my first experience and it, 
I now understand how y'all felt after WWDC because you put this thing on and of course the demo is is set up to be as sizzly as possible, right? They want it to make an impact and it definitely did. It was really cool to mm-hmm. go through that experience. It was about half an hour. The person at the Apple store who I was, I was paired with had an iPad mini so he could see what I was seeing. And it was, it was really cool to go through the demo and I'm glad Mary did as well. Always like her input on these things. She thinks, and I quote, the technology is cool, but she doesn't like that it covers people's eyes up, <laughs> which I, I understand. That's a big uh, thing this this product has to overcome. Yeah. I think it will. I think it will, too. Even though the eyes are weird. Uh, what did you think about how it felt to wear? I mean, it, it is heavy. Like, uh, you know, everyone has said that. Uh, it took... Uh, a little while during the demo just to get it kind of seated right on my face. Like I had light around the bottom, but I I eventually kind of realized, Oh, I need to move the strap like up a little bit on the back of my head. And that kind of changes the way it pulls. Of course, the store demo is all the solo loop, the really nice one. And the dual loop is like a dirty secret. Apple stuff's in the bottom of the box. When you get a vision pro, it's like, don't worry about that one. Uh, but I mean, it is, the weight was noticeable pretty early on, but it's not uncomfortable, but I've never, uh, and the, yesterday actually I used it for like 90 minutes and as by far my longest stretch and you never, I at least never kind of forget that I'm wearing it. Like it's always kind of oh, interesting. ever present. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously you, you can't forget it because it's there, but like the, for me, the weight tends to be a thing when i when i put it on i notice it and then I, it goes away for me over time um one of the the great things about long stretches i've never been able to uh use any vr equipment for more than an hour without feeling it in my eyes or my head yeah if you felt that ever felt that way federico do you get like eye strain from other stuff that you've used like from no. like quests and no, no you've never had it no no I don't think okay so. I've felt it in the past and, and especially if I was doing any trying to do like meetings, work related stuff, I would get like an eye strain, but I've not had that at all with the vision pro, which I've, I've actually been very pleased about. Like for, for what I've been able to recognize in myself using it for extended periods of time. The only thing is just like, if I just don't want it on my face anymore, yeah. it's not like I feel like, Oh, I'm getting a headache or my eyes are hurting, which I've definitely had with the quest so that that's actually been good, and I expect it, it's because of the resolution of the screens. And I will say, in in app, maybe in uh, fairness to the Quest, I've never used another product with corrective lenses. This is the first time I've used corrective lenses with a with a mm-hmm. VR headset of any kind. So that might be contributing to it. Um, I've spent most of my time with the dual loop, but I have um. I have started to try and use the solo loop a little bit more too because I kind of just like changed it out immediately, but I want to get a, a better sense of using the solo loop too for also for longer periods because yeah. I, I think it's okay. I, I think it differs from person to person, but it's definitely a nicer experience to put to put on and take off than the the dual loop is where you kind of feel like mm. you're, you're strapping yourself into the thing where the solo loop is is way nicer and and I just. I wish that there was a combo. I just wish there was a, a combo version of that where I could put some kind of top strap on the on the solo loop and we're gonna talk in this forever. Yeah, I've seen a I've seen friend of the show, uh, Chaos Tian uh, on Mastodon post a link to a third party 
uh, headband, like an, an additional uh, top strap that you can use with the solo loop. It, it was like designed for other headsets, but according mm. to Chaos Picture, um, which you can find somewhere on Mastodon, it works just fine with the solo loop. And that's probably what I'm going to end up doing. Like, um, uh, you know, find a compatible top strap that I can use with the solo loop if mm -hmm. the solo loop turns out not to be enough for comfort in, comfort in longer sessions. Yeah, it is the most personalized and like specific product Apple's made. Like basically every Apple Watch can fit basically every person, right? You're going to have feelings about should I get the small one or the big one or I like this kind of band material or I don't. But this is a really different beast. Like it, it really is customized to to best work with you. Um, and, and Mike, I'll uh, I'll agree with what you said about the eye strain. It I, I really feel like working in ninety minutes in it. It just felt like I sat at my computer for ninety minutes in a row, which I normally don't do. I'm normally pretty good about getting up, getting something to drink, you know, checking on the dog and cat. Like I, I try not to just stare at my screen for hours at a time. And the, the Vision Pro really felt in line with uh, with that sort of usage. And uh, I'm also very happy to report, because I was, I was very nervous about this. I know I shared it, I think, on the show, but I definitely shared it with you all, that I was really nervous about motion sickness. I'm extremely sensitive to it, and this product has given me no problems with it whatsoever. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Well, I have a question okay. for you. Mm -hmm. Have you watched any of the immersive video? I have. And okay. uh, even with that, I'm okay. I, I okay. I would not want to get up and walk around with like 3D video playing. I don't think. But even uh, some of the like uh, NASA JPL, they have an app where like you can put like the Mars rover in your room and get up and walk around it and like look at pictures of it. Even that is totally fine. Um, and so the, the I got, was it twelve milliseconds of latency? I mean, all that real time yeah. processing they're doing brings it below whatever threshold uh, I'm sensitive to, and I okay. am so pleased about that. I was I was genuinely worried that oh gosh, if that this is, is the future, right. I am you know I got to go move and live in the woods. I think we were all worried about that for you, right? Because like that, if that was the case, that's not awesome no. for your. I mean, Tim Cook would hate you even more because you'd just be going further and further into the past. Like, I know. You know, it doesn't you know, have motion sickness. Uh, you know, a PowerBook 180. Good point. Good point. Mm -hmm. I actually use it in a car, I guess. <laughs> then you might. You don't get, get a lot of battery sick. life. That's that's. Well, you don't get a lot of battery life with this thing either. So I guess that's okay. Because I watched. So they have a bunch of the immersive video stuff, right? And a, a lot of it, I, I've I've just like dipped in and out. Um, and there's like a one about dinosaurs and it's like, you know, they, they've like made these like CGI dinosaur kind of things. And the video kind of starts off and it looks like one of those Apple screensavers where you're kind of like flying towards this island. And I started playing it and I was like, oh, I don't think that feels very good. And I just stopped it. I was like, I'm going to give that a break for a bit and I'm going to try that again. Like I've yeah. never experienced motion sickness, so I don't know what it feels like. But I was just like, that's just making me feel a little bit unsettled. It's like, I'll come back to that later on because mm -hmm. I was getting ready to record a show. It's like, I don't want to be, <laughs> like, I I would deal with you later. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I'm, I'm going to try more of that out too, but I'm I'm genuinely super happy to hear that it hasn't caused you any nausea. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that they they clearly prioritized 
comfort, both in the physicality of the product minus the weight and the the experience of of this user interface. And and there's lots of little touches in the OS that make it feel more grounded. And I think that the the simplest example I can come up with is that Windows put a shadow in your real world environments. And there's something about that. I immediately noticed it. And there's something about it that makes the windows feel planted and more real. And I think that helps. I think that helps with like, okay, this is actually an object and my brain kind of buys it as an object. Mm. Shadows, man. They're the future. You sound skeptical. You sound skeptical, Mike. You're like, hmm. No, no, no. I hadn't thought of that, but it makes okay. sense to me of like that, you know, this is all in your brain, right? And so if your brain is more willing to believe that what you're seeing is real, then it's not going to freak you out as much right. that yeah. it isn't real, you know? Um, and so I, so that, it makes a lot of sense to me. Stephen, what do you think of the eye tracking as the interface? I think it's super interesting. I, I will say I think it is much better with a keyboard and mouse. Um, the eye tracking works. You know, I can look at a thing and it registers. But I think particularly in iPad apps running in compatibility mode, some of that UI is really small. Like yeah. I, I was, I had calendar open yesterday uh, looking at, uh, some events that my wife had put on the calendar and I was going to delete something that I knew we weren't doing anymore. So like, I looked at it and selected it and then you get the little like iOS pop-up, like copy, move, delete. And I was like, those are tiny targets and I really want to make sure I hit the right one. So it works and I don't find it that tiring, but also I think it is much better with a keyboard and, and trackpad. Yeah, I've found the iPad apps to be the hard. The majority of issues I have had with eye tracking have been when I'm using compatible iPad apps. Because I've found a lot of times, like, I'm trying to look at a button and it's just not showing me the right one. And that is not a problem I've had with native apps. And I wonder if maybe there is just like a scale of, of uh, buttons and interface elements that are different. But like I was trying to do something in Spark, I was trying to reply to a message, and I just no matter what I did, I could not select the reply button. It's it's a catalyst all over again. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the scaling it's 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 wrong. <laughs> I think it's part of that. Like genuinely, like actually, I think I, it is too. You can make targets so specific when they're on a touch screen or designed yeah. for a cursor. I do kind of wonder, like, will compatibility? apps get a tweak because Matt Catalyst apps got a tweak, right? Originally there was a scaling issue yeah. and, and they fixed it. So we will, we'll see how that goes, I guess. And I could also imagine maybe some developers would make some changes to their apps to kind of maybe, you know, like if the difference is you just space these icons out a little bit more, like it's not going to hurt, right? Like even on the iPad, if like there's a little space between the reply button and the forward button, like it's not going to be the worst thing in the world. I have a question for both of you. Yeah. So we've seen, we've tried our fair share of apps in compatibility mode throughout the course of multiple years, um, from Rosetta apps on the Mac um, to iPhone apps on the iPad to iPad apps on the Mac with Catalyst, and now iPad apps on a Vision Pro. Are these the best compatible apps? 
that you guys have tried so far? Like if you were to, to do a tier list of compatible apps through the years, are these the best ones? Okay, so let me actually try and think through these, right? So mm. iPhone apps on iPad, way better than that. Yeah, okay. Um, you use Rosetta as, like, that's the best, right? Because that, yeah, and like Rosetta 2, even better, because it's really, the app is the same, right? And, like, and so, like, as a user, it doesn't really affect you so much. It's complicated. Like, Catalyst apps work about as well as this i think mm. with the caveat that sometimes some like i would say they're very close to each other what i would say is for in its class right really the comparison is iphone apps on ipad right like that's kind of actually the comparison this is mm. significantly better than that because okay. these apps they fit in and it, it's fine like and, and they work I would say I'm happy. Like I, I'm happy with the fact that there are some apps that I have on my Vision Pro. They're maybe not the best examples of them, but they're there, right? Okay. Like if I couldn't have gotten Spark, I would have been really upset about it. Like I am furious that there is no Dropbox app. I am so angry about this. <laughs> I have a follow-up question. So if an iPad, if an iPad app on the iPad supports multiple windows, can you open multiple iPad windows? In Vision OS, I've not tried this. This see, this is such a Federico thing. I don't even know if I, what <laughs> apps not. I use have multiple windows. I forgot okay. about that as a thing a long <laughs> time ago. So, so, so here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. So, uh, as an experiment, uh, so I, I've been thinking about obviously getting a Vision Pro. Like uh, this is actually a thing that I wrote in the monthly log that we're sending out. Um, so I've been using the Mac more. Because in my mind, I think the Vision Pro will replace the iPad Pro for me, right? So if that's going to become my main computer um, and I'm going to stop using the iPad, I'm going to have a Mac nearby more often than before. But I st I'm still going to miss like, like a tablet device for like reading in bed or like watching YouTube and stuff. And so long story short, I set up my iPad mini again. So like, hey, let me, let me play with the iPad mini. It's, it's been a few months. And obviously the iPad mini doesn't have stage manager. It's got split view. Just how much better <laughs> the multi-window UI is on split view mode compared to stage manager. It's, oh, really? uh, if you recall, the shelf, what Apple calls the shelf UI um, in, in split view mode. When you open a window in split view, and if that window has multiple windows open, you get a little tray at the bottom, and it shows you the windows that you have open for that app and the titles of those windows. Like, that's a, that's a cool multi-window UI. Too bad that they absolutely botched it with Stage Manager. But yeah, so that's why I've been thinking about multiple iPad windows. Um, because I've been trying the iPad Mini again. Hmm. But you don't know the answer, so... Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you, Federico, I forgot that it existed. I never really liked multi-window support um, in iPadOS. Yeah. I use it exactly one time a month where I have this, okay. this monthly meeting, and they send out a PDF of the docket for the meeting, and I store that in an Apple note. I keep, I keep one for each month, and then I take my notes beneath it, and so I do mm. two windows on my iPad Pro, one with the PDF in notes with like its fancy preview thing, and then one of the same note, but scrolled mm. down where I'm editing. And that's the only time I use it. And once a month, I'm right. like, 
how do I do this? Like, how do I make a new note window? Because I never remember. I think for me, it was just one of these things where there's not enough apps supported it. So I never got used to using it. And mm-hmm. so then if it, I've kind of this way, if, if I don't use something enough, I'll just forget that it's av- like that it's there. Yeah. And I mean, let's face it, even, even with split view, there's, there's not, it's not a particularly great design. Like there's no indicator or anything that tells you, Hey, this app has multiple windows open. Like on the Mac, you got expose, you got a b- yeah. bunch of different ways. You got a button that says, show me all the windows. And on iPad, y- you have like a like a mini version of that that doesn't work as well. But still, if you're working with multiple windows, I think Split View makes for a nicer experience than Stage Manager, which is ironic, given how Stage Manager's whole premise is to work better with multiple windows. It's mm-hmm. It's confusing and exhausting. I'm sorry, please continue. I'm happy we're talking about the iPad right now, actually, because it can bring me to, I think, my biggest take (laughs) so far with the Vision Pro, which is content consumption versus content creation, right? Oh, no, you're always the thing with the iPad. No, No, but it's always been the thing, right? Like, what kind of device is this? Is this a content consumption device or a content creation device? I think that the Vision Pro, it is both, but depending on how you're using it. Like, if you're using eye tracking, and just your hands, this is content consumption mode, right? Like you're watching something, you're doing something because it's light stuff. Like it's hard, it's possible to type in text, but it's not easy, right? Like you're not going to want to write something this way. You maybe want to send the occasional message this way. You use it to search for something. Like it's, it's simple stuff, right? That is when you're in consumption mode. But the great thing about the Vision Pro is then you can attach a keyboard and a trackpad you're in full creation mode. You can even bring your Mac into the environment. Like, I feel like this device has both. It just depends on how you're using it. Like, if you're using a keyboard and a mouse, it's great. I think a keyboard is basically essential for the use of the Vision Pro. And I've been mostly using a keyboard and eye tracking and like gestures to control a lot of stuff. And that's been really great. But I, but you can use it without one, but then you're going to be doing more light stuff, I think, rather than trying yeah. to get any work done because it's much more complicated to do when the keyboard is what it is. Mm-hmm. I feel like the the thing, Federico, that you've talked about for so long, that the iPad is a, a modular computer and you can have this like thin and light tablet and walk around your house or you can mm. have a keyboard and trackpad and have it at a desk, hook it up to a display Apple Vision Pro takes all of that and just like cranks it to 11. Right. Like it is a really different product. Nice. When you do or don't have a keyboard and trackpad. And I've got mine together in the 12 South, the Magic, was it Magic Bridge, is what they call it? Yes. Yeah. I'm ordering one of those when I get home. (laughs) It's just like you can just sit on your couch and have that on your lap and, and, and look around. Even though I've spent a lot of time with mine, I have not installed my to-do app, Todoist. I My email accounts are set up, but I looked at email one time. Like, I actually think for there's something to be said, like, what if, the, what if this is a device for me the way that I use it where I don't have all my productivity stuff on it? Like, what if it is a lighter, more consumption-based computer? Mm. And that's fine. Like, the, the thing that's stupid about that argument is that... It's not like one is good and one is bad. They're just different, <laughs> right? Uh, even on Mac Power users that comes out on Sunday, we really debated in planning of like, do we talk about it as an entertainment device first and productivity second or the other way around? 
we ended up doing entertainment first. I guess spoilers for Sunday, but I think that's okay. I think it's okay if you don't push it as hard as you push a Mac, let alone an iPad. This episode of Connected is brought to you by ShipStation. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever left an entire cart behind because shipping would take too long or was too expensive? If you shop online, you know shipping can make or break a sale. And as your business grows, ShipStation can help you optimize how you ship your orders so you stay competitive while you scale up. Whether you're shipping 100 packages a month or thousands, ShipStation lets you automate routine shipping tasks and easily handle returns. I use ShipStation for all three of my Kickstarters. All three had physical products. I mailed about a thousand calendars uh, each time. And integrating with ShipStation was awesome. It pulled in all the data from my orders. I could very easily make labels. There's this really awesome thing where you can set up presets. So like I basically had two types of packaging. I know what everything weighed and how it measured. So I just set those up as presets and I could select which one was uh, applicable to the order. And it was super easy to manage all this stuff. There's a lot of data, a lot of stuff you have to do when you're shipping, but it really made it manageable for me. ShipStation's free trial is quick and easy to set up, and you'll see how easy it is to automate shipping tasks and manage orders all in one simple dashboard. Rules and automations allow you to print shipping labels with the click of a button. And there's effortless integration everywhere you sell online, including Amazon, Walmart, Shopify, and more. You can manage orders, print labels, compare rates, optimize every shipment, and automate delivery notifications. Plus, you get industry-leading discounted rates. That's up to 89% off from USPS and UPS rates. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce business with ShipStation, and 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. Optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Use the promo code CONNECTED today at ShipStation.com to sign up for your free 60-day trial. Once again, that's ShipStation.com, promo code CONNECTED. Our thanks to ShipStation for their support of the show and RelayFM. What is your favorite environment? Going to the moon, baby. Yeah, I thought it would be. D- do you like it because it's the moon, or do you like it irrespective of that? You know what I mean? Like, you just wanted to be there because it's the moon? I mean, it is cool that it's the moon, but I like that it's monochrome, right? There's, there's really no color on the moon. It's basically just uh-huh. various shades of gray and silver. So I like that it's kind of like a muted backdrop for my apps, but I haven't found, honestly, I haven't found one that I don't like. Like, I think they're all cool. I have questions about why a couple of them are labeled as coming soon. Like, were they not done? If they weren't not done, why are they in there? It's very confusing. Yeah, I, I, I bet that wasn't supposed to be in there, but yeah. it's in there. <laughs> I hope that, I hope a couple of things for environments. First of all, that I hope that Apple adds them over time, like they do the Apple TV screensavers, Right. Uh, but secondly, I really want third parties to be able to donate environments to the system. If you go to Disney Plus, there are, I think they have four environments in there right now. There's like the Disney Theater, there's Tatooine where you're like sitting in a speeder, which is really cool. 
I wish that I could have the option at least to bring those environments to the whole system. Right now, those are just within the application that supplies mm. them. Maybe that's like asking for third-party watch faces, but I hope it's not. I hope that they, to select partners, right? I don't expect them to have app store apps that can do environments, although that, that could be interesting. It should, that should 100% be the case. Like, if you are a developer that makes an environment, I believe you should be able to offer it up to the system and then you should just be able to use it wherever you want. Hmm. It'd be cool. It would be really Why cool. Why not? It's just like it's like a desktop background, right? Yeah. Like I know what you mean about the watch face thing, but Apple doesn't encourage people to make watch faces in their apps. I actually think that they actively discourage that. Yeah. Where they have built a system for people to be able to it's make true. 3D environments inside of their applications. And it's true. It seems like they're encouraging it and promoting yeah. it. Right. Like think they just promoted that the max one is going to get a game of thrones throne room for when house <laughs> of the dragon comes back or yeah. whatever right and the disney ones are just incredible they're incredible so i want to be able to sit and podcast while sitting in avengers tower like i want to be able to do that why can't i do that you know yeah that one is really cool the, the disney cool. plus team really killed it with those yeah they crushed it i do uh, have a little bit of an issue with the uh, the way environments interact with the if you're using a physical keyboard. So with the digital crown, if you turn it, you get two options in your display. You can change your immersiveness level, or if you look at the volume control, it becomes the volume control, which I think is super smart. Like, yeah, like bring those two things together. But the environment, if you crank it to a hundred occlude everything including the physical keyboard and i think that might be a mistake and they know where the keyboard is because if you're using a physical keyboard it puts a virtual quick type quick type bar above it which is super cool and like the best is like merging the physical and digital i think honestly i think the best example across the whole os is the quick type Mm -hmm. bar above my physical keyboard but i would like to be able to see my keyboard all the time. And so the way that I'm doing it is I'm dialing the environment to about 60% where it's basically a yeah. backdrop for my apps, but I can still see my lap and, you know, my peripheral vision, what of it is there is my real world. And that's fine, but I would like them to revisit that because I, I do think seeing your keyboard is an important thing basically all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want, I, I'm kind of really surprised they didn't do it, right? Like it seems like an obvious one. So on uh, the quest, you can draw a space, like so, like and and you draw out a space on a desk and be like, "Show me all of this," which I would also like Apple to do because like keyboards are great, but what if I want to take physical notes? You know, like it, it would be good to be able to say like, when I'm in this environment, just cut out this area. Oh, like a, a sidekick notepad section. Yeah, sure. Why not? You know, or, just or the name of product. Look, Apple, look, if you want to do an exclusive deal, you know, I mean, like, I yeah. know a guy, right? Like, if you just want to bring the sidekick notepad into the vision, mm. list, that's totally fine by me. I do like that there is the option to do the kind of like 60, 70% thing, and you can see everything that's in front of you and behind you, which, so like being able to, that dialing in, in and out of environments, like I was hearing, I was seeing some people say, like, why did they even bother putting the crown on it? This is why the crown's on it. Like that is a really, really cool and important part of this experience, I think, where you can just do like basically just in front of you and you can see everything else around you or you can bring it like further and further around you. Like Mm -hmm. I've I've come to really, really value that. And actually the majority of time, if I'm doing any work, 
then I will be sitting in an environment while I'm doing it. Yeah. Because it also makes more sense to my brain for window management. Like, yes. Putting a window far away, like they shrink, right? Like, which is like really cool. So you can kind of tell it's far away. But it just, if there's an actual wall in front of me, it looks like the window is just getting smaller rather than going far away. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're in an environment, then it actually looks like it's going far away, which I prefer. Um, I think, and also like those environments are such high quality. The subtle movement and sound that is emitted from them, the, especially the more that you dial it in. Uh, I think it's amazing. My favorite is Haleakala, which is a mountain in Hawaii. Like, it's amazing. Like, mm-hmm. and I found myself at one point, I was like making some notes and stuff, and I was just sat and thinking, and I was looking out over the the clouds, and I was like, oh, that's a different experience than usually how I would use a computer. Where <laughs> I felt like I could just sit and think and stare off into the distance, and mm. it was pleasant. Yeah, right? and that that was really nice, and and is abnormal to how I would normally like sit and think while using a computer because it kind of sets you in a different mind space. Yeah. Um, so yeah. The only uh, the the last thing I will say for environments, in addition to giving third parties access to to have them, I think it would be neat to have a customizable one where I could set a panoramic photo as the background and they'd probably have to do some like generative AI stuff to like make it fully immersive. But I like, if I, like, you know, we all have one, right? Everyone who has ever been to California has a panoramic photo of the San Francisco Bay. Like everyone just does it. We can all accept it. I think they even showed it when they introduced panoramic photos to the iPhone. But like I have some panoramic photos I'm really happy with. I've got a bunch from my trip to Colorado a couple years ago with my wife it would be cool to be able to set those as a backdrop as well somehow. And like you can kind of fake it with like the photo window, but then things get really weird really quickly. But more customization to environments, I think, is is only a win for everybody. Are these the new watch faces? Probably. I mean, but I hope that they do more than mm. that. I, I actually just looked. I do have a panorama of the of the bay. Yeah, everyone <laughs> like does. At the Golden Gate Bridge. I have it's, one. It's 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 the YouTube album of panoramic photos. They put one on there if you don't have one of your own. Uh, I would say it's an interesting idea. I I do wonder, is subtle movement important? I guess that's what we would find out, right? Like, I don't know if I would just want, like, a static image. I don't think there's any movement in the moon one. Yeah, you're probably right. There shouldn't be. Well, I don't know, man. Maybe there is. Maybe you get, like, maybe some people popping in with cameras, right? Oh, yeah. Maybe there's, like, a shooting star or something. I I don't know, but... um, No no one's ever actually been to the moon, so, like... Oh, my God. They should... Wow. They should have done a For All Mankind tie-in and put a Russian flag in the moon environment instead of the US one. I'm actually really surprised there there aren't... I mean, uh, have they made any environments out of the... Their TV properties, yeah. I mean, they should. If they don't, like, let me work in one of the buildings of Foundation or in Jamestown or yeah. whatever. Like, or the let si- me work or there. silo. Like, let me work. You know, underground. Definitely not the Severance <laughs> office, though, right? Like, let's. Oh my god, uh, we're not no. going to do that. But I would I also, qu- I would quite like to sit at Ted Lasso's desk. Yeah. Yes. You know, I, I think Diamond more of dogs. that. I think more of that will come. I mean, there's so so many great tie-ins you could do with that. I think it would be, it'd be cool. You know, we could all be on a FaceTime call and pretend we're Brother Dawn, Brother Day, and Brother Dusk from Foundations. Like that'd be sick. Steven, you're gonna be Dusk. No, <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen Foundations, so I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh no, 
Do you like it? Because uh, here's my my feeling about Foundation. It looks like too hard sci-fi. Like I'm not going to understand what's going on. It's less hard sci-fi than it looks. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I bounced off of it the first time, and then a bunch of people were like, "No, you you give it three episodes." And by the end of it, I could not stop watching. Like I stayed up basically like three o'clock one morning finishing the season. Well, all right, basically, all you need to know is you, you just need to watch this hot guy, which is Brother Day, and that's all you need to know. It's like this hot dude, incredible actor, uh, very hot, and <laughs> and that's all you need to. Do you like the way he looks by any chance? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look at the guy; he's a very handsome person. He is. Um, he is very handsome. Speaking yeah. of handsome men, can we talk about our personas? Sure, can. Um, not hot. Not <laughs> not great. I don't know what you're talking about. Mine's mine looks really good. Yeah. When does I your talk. mouth open when you talk? Look, sometimes we all have pro- you know it was problems. You know, nobody's perfect, mm. and my mouth doesn't move. I don't know what to tell you. Mm. Do you have a picture mm. of your persona that we could put in the show notes? Maybe. Okay, I'll put mine in. What for we sure. could actually put in the show notes. Uh, we did uh, at the end of the YouTube version of Upgrade this week. We did a, uh, it was for Upgrade Plus, but we also put it in the YouTube video because it just made sense. An edited together version of a conversation me and Jason are having and our personas. So okay. I'll put that in there because you can actually see the fact that my yeah. mouth isn't moving. I don't, I don't have any video, but I'll put a picture of my persona in, uh, in the show notes. My God. They're okay. Um, so before we talk about the aesthetics, I want to talk about maybe why they did it this way. And I think there's a huge pro to personas that you can get on a video call and you're always going to look the same. So if you're, you know, it's uh, you're up really early, maybe you haven't showered, you haven't put makeup on, you look the way that you looked when you set it up. It it. If you, you know, in some sort of terrible injury, injury and you're disfigured, you, you look the same that you did when you did your personas. Like, I think the but consistency is good. If you are disfigured, if you have a terrible injury, you're disfigured. Would you put on the facial pro? Oh, I guess that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Maybe into the long term. Maybe. You know? Look, I started that example and didn't know where it was going. Okay, can we just be honest mm. for a second? Like, yeah, sure. Uh, so, the big sure. thing is you always look the same, and that's nice. There are a couple of cons, though. I think. Uh, The first one, the biggest one that comes to mind is that some people want to be represented in a different way than they look, right? And Apple has no affordance for that, either in uh, a emoji situation where I can make an animated version of myself or that I can take my actual persona and change things about it. And I know they want this to be a professional device for professionals, but... The fact that Memoji at least isn't a fallback for people who don't want to use a persona really seems like a miss. Uh, okay. I'm a, an absolute persona lover now, right? Like I've crossed the Rubicon. I'm here, you know. I think if they would have done Memoji, nobody would use persona and they need people to use them so it can get better. Because if it can get better, it's going to be incredible. Because like in the experiences I've had where people that I know look like the people that they know and we've had the calls, like I find it very compelling. Like mm-hmm. I had a call with Jason and he was just there and we and I, we were both just working. Like we just had the persona call running and we were just doing our work. And it felt 
really natural because of like the spatial audio and stuff like have this conversation with him and it looked like him like i and i didn't have to worry about how i looked i wasn't getting that preview of me in zoom which is very distracting and i don't like like i i actually think that there is something to it and if they would have just allowed them if they would have just done the emoji thing everyone would use emoji and we're not going to get anywhere with personas but like if they can actually take it further than this there's could be something there, man. Like I've 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 definitely done a one eighty on this. Hmm. Did you guys see someone put John's persona in the clouds? Like he was just one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> he looked like Mufasa up there, you know. Yeah. So that will also be in the show notes. Yeah, it it's one of the greats. It's one of the great <laughs> po- posts on Threads. I think it was on Threads, right? Or was it? Yes, it was on Threads. It it's threads. one of the greatest things of all time. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. it so much. I love it so much. <laughs> I mean, I get, I get your point, Mike, and I think you're right. I think people would go to Memoji because they're not uh, scary looking. But I do think at some point they they should do uh, more options in this thing. Yeah. I can't wait to see Federico's. I just, I cannot wait. I'm very curious to see what he does with the beard and the hair and everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So as a fault, my, my mouth, the mouth of my persona doesn't move. I've been told because of there are problems with beards and oh, the issue isn't the scanning of the persona. It's what the system can interpret of my mouth moving. And I expect that, that my mustache is covering my lips maybe from the downward camera so it's like struggling to see me i expect that with time and more data and more information they'll be able to improve it and we'll we'll mention this later on too but in uh there is already beta 1.1 out which is amazing i'm really pleased about that um but one of the things they make you do when you upgrade to 1.1 is rescan your persona and there Mm. have been people that have been showing Mm. examples of the before and after and it looks better so maybe they've applied some more information to this. I'll be very keen to try it, but I'm definitely not putting the beta on my face computer. Like I'm not doing that. So we'll wait and see. I am curious to know if anybody who listens to this show happens to have any face tattoos. Uh, I don't, um, but I am curious to know how it handles face tattoos. Um, if they, if if they just try and if they scan those and actually recreate them on the persona or not like how do they come out so if i bet, you it, have I bet f- they give it a go i mean because they yeah. facial hair and and like marks on my face like yeah. they are replicated exactly so interesting so show us your face tattoos if you have any they do not pick up hand tattoos though my wedding band is tattooed on and that is not in my persona's hands what yeah. oh. oh interesting so my right hand is gonna look Without a tattoo? I think so. I mean, we'll That's find weird. out. Maybe the ring is just not big enough. But even other people who like... I had a call with Quinn Nelson, whose persona is real upsetting. His looks better. So in in the um, the Mac Rumors article where they're talking about 1.1, they show images of Quinn's persona. Okay. And the new one looks significantly oh, better Good. than the old look one. For that. Good. But when we were on the call, I, that's where I first noticed that my tattooed wedding band wasn't visible and he pulled his hands up and he was wearing his wedding band when he scanned his hands and set everything up and his regular like metal wedding band also wasn't there so that the hands may be treated differently than the face they probably are but yeah federico that's what i want to know in addition to how your persona looks i want to know how it treats your 
your hand tattoo because um, okay. maybe the facial tracking, I mean, clearly the facial tracking is more important than like mapping an image of a hand onto a virtual hand. Mm. And, and honestly, you don't see the hands very much in a FaceTime call unless you're, I think, really like going to town on the gesturing because they got to be pretty close to your face, like pretty pretty close to your face before the mm. the Apple Vision Pro will, will insert them into your persona. So maybe they just, you know, are treating them secondary because it's it's not as important. I have a question that came, well, it's not my question. It came from GS Lite, uh, who asked the two of us. My main question is, does the Apple Vision Pro elicit the same sense of joy and wonder that the iPhone did when you first used one? Good question. It's a very good question. You tell me. Well, I want, okay, I'll answer first and I'll say yes, it does. This thing, I don't know if I've ever used a computer before where just the, the, mere using of the computer was so distracting I would forget what I was doing. Like, my first <laughs> day, I could not focus on anything because everything was grabbing my attention and I wanted yes. to do the first thing I could see. I'd be like, all right, I've just downloaded Fantastic How, let me go set that up. And I like swipe and I'm like, whoa, what's that? And I go do something else, right? Like, it is completely overwhelming in the best possible ways. It is so exciting. If you use this thing for an hour, I genuinely don't understand how you couldn't come away just like brimming with excitement and possibility about what this could do. Like, it's so incredible. It's such high fidelity. Things work in such incredible ways. Like the fact that most of the time it feels like your mind is being read by the computer as to what you're wanting to do because the eye tracking is so good. The gestures are so natural. Like, everybody said it now, including Apple, but like, this just feels like the future. Like, and I don't remember if the iPhone felt like that. Like, the iPhone felt like a huge leap forward in what a smartphone could be. Yeah. But there were, you know, it, you could see where it was improving on the existing formulas. I know that VR headsets exist. I know that AR exists. This thing is just so far ahead of the competition for what I have used it really feels like something so exciting and joyful. Like, so yes, I would say it is the, is the most positive experience I've had for a piece of technology since the iPhone, for sure. I think I could agree with that. The, the iPad and Apple Watch were, were, you know, a lesser extent of exciting. I think there's something different about this, though, where the iPhone is like, the iPhone was the first computer you could always have with you in a way that other smartphones and even notebooks and PDAs never really, never really matched. Like never really got there. It's like the computer that's always with you. So the iPhone, I think still stands alone. Uh, It's the, it's the, it's the peak. It's the high point, I think in excitement of, of a new device. But this I think is, is a second. It's very different, right? It's not going to be a computer. You take everywhere with you, at least I think for a long time, but what it can do and how it does it are so different. And Mike, I totally agree with you. I had the same feeling of um of kind of being kind of being overwhelmed and exploring it. So the 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 second day, the Saturday I had it, I was gonna come up to my office and I was gonna have two FaceTime calls with some people just to kind of talk about it. You know, friends in the industry like just kind of sharing ideas and, and things. And 
after those FaceTime calls, I just, I, you know, FaceTime closed and I was like, kind of just be bopping around. And then I realized like 45 minutes had passed. I was like, oh gosh, like I was supposed to eat dinner half an hour ago. Like there is something about it that, that is very enticing and exciting. That is, you know, as you get to know it, you know, that, that freshness wears off some, but it is, it is fundamentally different than a lot of other things anyone's done. I can't wait for you to get yours, Federico. Yeah, I know. I'm just here and just listening to you guys. And I'm like, man, I really wish I had one. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't even know what to say because like that idea of using the future of a computer now, it's so, it, and what Steven said about like, it takes that idea of the iPad being sort of this like modular experience that can do both consumption and creation in the same device depending on how you use it and it sort of cranks it up to 11 like i'm so on board with that idea that this all makes me very optimistic and very excited to get mine Hmm. this episode of connected is brought to you by netsuite if you have a business you can probably relate to this your business will get to a certain size and then the cracks start to emerge Things that you used to do in a day are suddenly taking a week. You have too many manual processes, and you don't have one source of truth. It's never a good feeling when everything in your business is disjointed. Too many processes in too many places. You want clarity, and you want one place where all the important stuff happens. The solution to untangling that disjointed feeling is NetSuite. NetSuite is a software company that has developed a cloud-based business management platform to help you deal with key business processes like enterprise resource planning, financials, CRM, e-commerce, inventory, and more. I know that if I have too many manual processes, getting work done feels hard and it's difficult to be as productive and successful as I like to be. If you want to make sure cracks don't emerge in your business, there are three numbers to know, 36,000, 25, and 1. There have been 36,000 businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. That makes it the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. And 25 is because NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all your KPIs in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. Having all the information you need in one place makes it so much easier to make decisions. As a business owner, I know what a difference that can make in a company and how much smoother everything operates when information is available. It really means smart decisions can be made faster. So go download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance. It's absolutely free, and you can find it at NetSuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E, netsuite.com slash connected. That's netsuite.com slash connected to get your own KPI checklist. So go there now, check it out, and make sure your business is one that continues to thrive. Our thanks to NetSuite for their support of the show and RelayFM. Steven, you are a power user of the Macintosh. You are well known yes. for this across yeah. the internet. 
do you feel like you're able to use your Macintosh powerfully whilst inside of the Vision Pro? I do. And I find this perhaps the most interesting thing about this platform is that in addition to iPad apps being an escape hatch for native Vision OS apps, the whole freaking Macintosh is the escape hatch for the whole platform. It's so fascinating because they've never gone that far before. Like, look, the iPad Pro and the MacBook Air, they're the same computer. Like, the hardware is the same. It's a decision Apple makes not to let macOS run on an iPad, and that's a topic for a different day. But in Vision Pro, you just have, like, in our Vision OS, you just have the ability to bring your whole Mac in. And it means that you can do everything from, like, command line stuff and Apple Script all the way up through you know, beautifully rendered 3D video all on one on one device. And I, I guess it's two devices technically because, because you, you got to have a Mac there. But it's super interesting. And I think it really shows that Apple views this as a work device or, or they want to show it as a productivity device because, hey, you can you can dump out to Final Cut Pro or Logic or desktop versions of your apps or the freaking command line. Like It's all there. It's 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 wild. It's a statement that I am pleased with, but I don't understand, right? Like, why does the Vision Pro get this, but the iPad never got this? That's the part that, like, I'm, I keep getting stuck on. Like, I'm so happy they did it because it, like, it elevates this platform by allowing you to be able to get something done if you need to, you know? Like, and, and that's really great. But, like, it, it's just... I'm just not sure why they made the choice, even mm-hmm. though I'm thrilled that they did. But it's a, it's a, it was a bold choice. I reckon it was probably one of these things that was hotly argued. Yeah, and I think the right team won. But I don't, you know, if we, we all sit and we obviously spend a lot of time in our lives trying to um, intuit the decisions that they that Apple makes. Like we, we try and think this stuff through. Um, I think mm-hmm. I've heard Jason call it Cooper cupertinology or something in the past and i don't cupertinology i don't know but i don't i just can't get my head around this one i'm so happy they did it but i'm i don't know why they did it at the same time or like why they decided to make the choice here but they've never done it before so so here's the real question if the ipad were new today would the mac os escape hatch be on the ipad if it was a new a new platform I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And here's a follow-up question. If you were to release an, a new iPad Pro, likely more expensive after years of no upgrades and most likely no visible changes in iPadOS this spring, <laughs> would you do it on a new iPad Pro? <laughs> if you had one shot, one opportunity. <laughs> Mom's spaghetti. Um, I don't know. Like, it seems so obvious, right? Like, why would you not do it? But they haven't done it. And I I doubt they're going to do it. I, I, I genuinely as well, like, I'm not sure going into the future that there is a world in which both the iPad and the Vision Pro exist. Like, I am not sure. Because, like, for me, I could imagine everything I do on my iPad to be done on a device like this one instead. It is the best iPad, in a way. Oh, mm-hmm. bold. 
Federico, please put a pin in that. I want to hear your thought on that later on. Like, yeah. I don't disagree with you, Stephen. Like, I'm just like really intrigued as to what Federico thinks about that statement. Yeah, no, this is sort of the the angle that I think I'm working towards. Like, is this is the Vision Pro the best type of Pro money can buy right now in the United States? Um, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, probably because I mean, it, it's a new platform based on iPadOS. It runs iPad apps with an asterisk, some of them. Um, and it doesn't have the limitations of iPadOS when it comes to windows of apps around you. And you can make them bigger and open as many as you want. Like it's, uh, The only difference realistically is that obviously this is something you put on your face and an iPad is something that you can hold, you know, uh, you know, without having to wear a face computer. But yeah, like that idea of, is this the best iPad? It's really intriguing, I think. Um, but but that that there's that difference, right? Why? So you you have a, you you built this new platform. It's version one and from the get go, you knew that you needed to have an escape hatch for macOS, and a pretty good one at that. Like I, from the looks of it, it it does seem like a better version of of sidecar or just you know using. Yeah. Screen there's something different something. about having the Mac as a window in your environment rather than mm-hmm. like using the two devices. Like, right. then I don't even need to be sitting in front of the Mac anymore. I can get a walk yes. around. I can take it with me. Like, there can just be a Mac in the room, and I can then just grab it and move it. Go sit over there. Like, it is a different feeling to it being like this window that exists, and then I can use the keyboard and trackpad, a keyboard and mouse to control all of my apps and windows. And it's all in one machine rather than looking across multiple machines. There's different ways. Like there is a fine line there, but it is a it is a in my opinion a superior experience yeah. than using something like Sidecar or the display thing that they have. Like this one, it it definitely works better. I think. Yeah, super interesting from the the sort of product strategy perspective. Um, like obviously the, the you know the text is not as clear as it is in a in a Vision OS app, both yeah. a, a native app or a compatibility app, because you're still no no you're still dealing with basically streaming it. But the latency I found to be incredible, and I'm on hotel Wi-Fi, right? Like the the latency is something I don't even notice. It feels like everything is exactly one to one. It doesn't feel to me like I'm streaming this thing over some kind of connection it might not even be using the wi-fi it might be like just directly communicating i I don't know how it works if anybody does know i would be very keen to understand how it works um i guess it's it's not using the anyway um but it's very impressive and uh, again it's one of those things where like if this is your 1.0 of what this feature can be like excellent and that's like an overall thing i think for this device in general this is obviously a 1.0 this is a very strong 1.0 like so much of it is so good and so much of it is good but you can very clearly see how it can be better and i think for that as a 1.0 is great like this isn't a 1.0 where it's like oh this thing is just broke like it's broken like Mm -hmm. i keep comparing it to the apple watch right like where the first apple watch is like oh you've done this wrong like we shouldn't be streaming apps from the phone to the watch. Like 
that wasn't right. And Apple fixed it quickly, right? Like they handled it. The hardware wasn't strong, powerful enough. And then, so therefore the OS was just not good enough. Everything took too long. It was not a good experience and they fixed it. And now look where the Apple Watch is. The Vision Pro is as good as a 1.0 for a device like this as I think you could hope for, I think. And and as a foundation to build on is very exciting. Yeah, I mean, th- there are a few weird things here and there. Like I know I and some of the people have had issues with iMessage syncing and some other things that like, like the iMessage syncing, I think in iCloud is turned off by default when you set it up. Maybe yeah. that's how new iPhones and iPads are too, but it struck me as odd. I said, I'd go in and like repin all my favorites. Um, I've, I've had an issue and I don't know what causes it, but sometimes like if I'm entering, oh, I guess I do know what causes it. Sometimes entering a password from one password via the keyboard, like the quick type thing, I get a modal window, like just, it was just like the bronze kind of glossy window and I can quit all the apps and it just stays there until <laughs> I reboot the device. Like, like there, it's not, it is a one point right? Yeah, like also... If you need to select a password, right, from a, from a, you know, like you sometimes you have to select a different password and it pops up that scrollable window, mm-hmm. that window doesn't scroll. So if you have too many passwords, <laughs> you just can't, you can't scroll it. Right? Or like the thing me and Jason was talking about, like the software keyboard appears way too often and it's always blocking the, the text entry window. Yeah. Which is just making it like, oh, but all of this stuff is like, yeah, but you can see how all of that is fixable. Like, 100%. These are just like, little weird things that they probably know were there but they had to ship it right and but now they're like i'm so happy that there is a 1.1 already it's been out for like three days right so like you can tell they're going to keep revising on this and then probably in june we're going to see vision os 2 which will i'm sure will have stuff like the ability to rearrange the app icons Mm -hmm. yeah that's hilarious to me why can't i delete mail let me delete the mail app i can't do it I don't mm-hmm. want the mail app. Let me get rid of it. You know, and like notifications on this device, not very good experience. Like that needs work. Yeah. Um, like the the notification center is is like clunky. It's it's maybe um, unbelievably, if you could imagine, the worst version of notification center on any Apple product. <laughs> yes, they found a new bad way to do it. Right. Like it's just not a good experience. It feels like you're kind of dealing with pieces of paper that you have to remove because they're all too big and and it's clunky. But like. This is all just fixable stuff. This is all improvable stuff. But like the foundation is just so good. Yeah, it's clear this has been in the works for a really long time. And while it does come with some inherent limitations, basing it on iPad OS just seems like what they've done. Super smart, right? That that you get a lot of this stuff. It's instantly familiar in a way. Even though you're placing Windows in space and some of the UI stuff is you got to get used to things like, oh, going into settings and finding something like, oh, Apple's strategy of like merging these things is starting to pay off a little bit. Like settings on the Mac is still bad, but at least I've gotten used to it. And when I went into settings on Vision OS, like, oh, I know what this is. You know, like I know where things are. Um, and that's really, I think, one of the strongest things that this product has over its competitors like the pass-through is awesome tracking is awesome all that stuff but if you're in the apple ecosystem all of your stuff is just here right you sign in and your photos and your notes and your browsing history like all that stuff is there and it makes it easier to integrate the vision pro 
and Vision OS apps into your existing workflow because it's already it's already the ecosystem you're in, right? And bring, bringing the Mac into it the way they do, it extends it even further. But that's really Apple's bread and butter now is that all of these platforms work together and you can kind of move seamlessly between them. And that, I think, does set this product apart a little bit from from some of the others. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Ecamm. Ecamm is the leading live video production and live streaming studio built for macOS. Ecamm does all aspects of video, not just live streaming. So it's perfect for simplifying your workflow if you're doing screencasts or just recording something. It's easy enough to get started quickly, but powerful enough that you can create just about anything with video and you do it all within the Ecamm app. I love all the rich features that really tie in to the operating system in Ecamm. So it knows instantly about all your cameras and all of your audio setup. You can capture a window. So you want to capture your desktop, but hide your icons. It can do all of that stuff because it's built for the Mac. And that is super impressive. When you're streaming or recording or podcasting and presenting, everything you need is an Ecamm, including support for multiple cameras and screen sharing. There's even a live camera switcher so you can direct your show in real time. Stand out from the crowd with high quality video. Add logos, titles, lower thirds, graphics, share your screen, drop in video clips, bring on guests to interview, use a green screen, and so much more. Ecamm Live does it all. Their members are entrepreneurs, marketing professionals, podcasters, educators, musicians, church leaders, bloggers, and content creators of all kinds. Get one month free today at ecam. that's E-C-A-M-M, ecamcom slash connected, and use the code connected for one whole month free. ecamcom slash connected. The link is in the show notes. Go there now to check it out. Our thanks to Ecamm for their support of the show and Relay FM. All right, let's do some quick follow-up-y roundup things before we finish today about the Vision Pro. Uh, so there was a developer strap headband thing. Mm-hmm. So it's basically you can pop off the side, one of the side uh, bands, which has got the audio pods on it. And it has kind of what looks like a second uh, battery connector, but there's a USB dongle hanging off the side. Um, and this will allow you to be able to plug your Vision Pro into your Mac. And ostensibly, this is for developers to be able to put builds of their apps on it very quickly, right? Like, um, rather than it being like a, a, a thing you're doing by streaming that you can like send it, send it over Wi-Fi, basically, is what you can do right now, but this will allow you to do that. But it also has some additional features. Uh, I'm going to read a couple of quotes here. This is from uh, one 2 John. Um, initial thoughts on the Vision Pro USB-C developer strap from very preliminary testing. It can't be connected to Ethernet with a dongle, nor can Mm. you see the file system or piggyback Mm. in the internet connection of a Mac that you plug into. However, it makes taking screenshots faster and easier. 
So for John, it's very worth it. And from a 9to5Mac article saying, the developer strap also lets developers capture a direct video feed from Apple Vision Pro via a wired USB-C connection using Reality Composer Pro. So it has some benefits, and I guess it's also good for developers when it comes to putting together screenshots and stuff like that because it's kind of weird. Like when you take a screenshot on this thing, it's kind of always off angle. (laughs) There's like a strange thing going on there. Um, So I guess this makes that easier. You get the foveated rendering as well, where just whatever they were looking at at the time is in focus. Yeah. And the rest is pretty bad. Does this stop that from happening? No, it doesn't. Uh, right. And also, you, you can use the... Uh, well, I know that it doesn't if you use uh, QuickTime, because if you use the USB adapter, the Vision Pro also shows up as a video feed, like as a video source in QuickTime. But... Right. Um, if you take a, a video there in QuickTime, it's also foveated. So uh, at least there, it doesn't fix it. I'm not sure about Reality Composer. I mean, it makes sense to me that it, it wouldn't fix it because it's the it's what the system is rendering. Like, I don't think that there is another way to capture the video. Like, the system isn't rendering the entire field of view 100% yeah. of the time. I don't think it's powerful enough to do that. You can force it uh, if you're capturing through Xcode. But okay. from, from what I have seen and heard, it is extremely stuttery. Like you don't want to do video with it. It's really pushing the hardware further than it's meant to be. Like right. with foveated rendering, it's just what is near you or near your vision is sharp and the rest falls off. And like, I don't notice it while using the product. Like I don't, I can't, I don't like, oh, my peripheral vision is blurry. Like, cause that's how your eyes actually work, right? Like I'm looking straight yeah, I ahead. notice it when I'm using the Mac. When I'm using the Mac inside hmm. of the Vision Pro, I see it. But when I'm using Vision stuff, I don't see it. This, to me, feels like one of those things, like, what are you going to make better in Vision Pro 2, Vision Pro 3? It will get more powerful, so they won't need yeah. to be so restrictive on this. Yeah, maybe so. Um, but it is. Uh, it does mean the screenshot situation is pretty janky. I know a lot of developers have been using the simulator for their screenshots. I think we'll see a lot of them... Uh, maybe even come up with like actual other renders to show off their apps yeah. because it's a bit it's a I'm bit loving weird. I'm loving this uh, feedback here from developer Stephen Hackett. Like, mm. How, like how on earth does he know this? Yeah, you know? I don't know. Like, how would you I know that a lot You're of developers to say, We we know you do. We oh, know oh, what you oh, do. I get no I get to do it here. Disclosure. In addition to owning half a relay FM, I also work with underscore David Smith on his apps, including Widget Smith, Sleep Plus Plus and Pedometer Plus Plus which is how you could possibly know about how screenshots are taken and what they look like mm-hmm. and the fact that maybe you can turn it off. It's true. Um, I also know that that building an app the size of Widget Smith on an M2 Pro, it works, you know? It turns out Xcode, uh, good use for more computing power. Like, for example, if you wanted like an M3 Ultra Mac Studio? Potentially. Nah, interesting. No, I'm not buying any computers. M2 Pro. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Ride or die, baby. Uh, iFixit has split this thing apart, cracked it open and taken a look at the insides and there's a lot of insides. I, in my link to this on 512, I wrote, I've been looking forward to this blog post since June. I love hardware. The density, the raw density of what is in this headset is like the exact opposite of the Apple Silicon Mac Pro, which is a box full of air unless you put cards in it. This thing is unbelievably dense and there's a lot of smart things about the design. The most uh, interesting one to me is that, look, this thing puts off heat. I don't really feel it on my face, but if you take it off, 
it's warm. Like it is emanating heat. It's got fans and big vents. But all the hot stuff is as far away from your eyes as it can be. Like you have the screens and then you have like a mid plate thing and then the processors are on the other side. Like they're doing what they can to keep the heat away from, from your face. But man, the the work that must have gone into this, like I I, I was stunned scrolling through the iFixit thing and then watching the video. Mm. There is how much stuff is in this headset. It's it's what they're best at. It really is. So Google has said that YouTube is on the roadmap for Vision, like for Vision Pro. They oh, are building nice. a Vision Pro app. Um, okay. I've I've been using Juno by Christian Selig, which I found out from the great coverage that John has been doing uh, on yeah. apps so far on Mac Stories. I'll put a link in the show notes to the Thank Vision you, OS section. Thank you, He's been doing a really good job. Like also that one day ahead, I immediately bought that. That is a yeah. very cool idea for how to visualize your calendar. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, but yeah, Google have said like they work. Well, YouTube has said like we're working on it. Like they're going to do it. So nice. Uh, Christian's day in the sun is still here. Um, Godspeed, Christian Selig, but it, they're coming for you. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, do it while you still can. I think he probably. I don't. I didn't talk to him about it, but I kind of assume he knew that was probably coming. Yeah, I mean, we all knew it was going to happen, right? Like at some point, they were going to build it. They just hadn't. And but this is great. I'm happy that it, that this app exists right now because I want to use it right now, and I'll be happy when Google brings the official one. Yeah. And Vision OS. 1.1 the beta is out we mentioned the persona improvements there are some features that are being added that were missing like iMessage contact key which was something added in 17.3 oh, okay. I think was it 17.4 Seven, uh, 3 I think so okay. but I guess the the sense is that the ring in vision OS up to speed with the other OS releases which yes. makes sense and, and I would love to know if someone can tell me of Safari profiles in Vision OS because currently they're not, so I can't get to any of my tabs. All my tabs, my tabs. are hidden away. <laughs> they're all gone, <laughs> and I can't get to any of them. And I would really like to get to my tabs. They're very sick. Um, yes, please, my tabs. Uh, so yeah, that would be very helpful. I would like that very much, and I hope that that comes in in Vision OS one point one. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that? Like like moving forward, that Vision OS will be in lockstep with like iOS releases. I mean, I know they sort of had to like catch up this time, but I assume moving forward yeah. that like I say we'll say the iOS eighteen cycle because then the numbers will sink. Like iOS eighteen point one comes out in October next year. Vision OS two point one. Like I, I kind of assume it'll just be in lockstep with everything else, right? Me too. Me too. Has That's to what they like to do. Yeah. That they like to build these features in lockstep and like the you know you have a feature somewhere and you also have it on the other platform that's what they do and it really speaks to the if you think about it like the unprecedented scale that like this is the one thing you got like you can dislike apple for a bunch of reasons and how they design products or how they deal with marketing whatever but there's one thing that i think you can objectively appreciate um it like the scale that they operate at, like the multiple operating systems that they can roll out for a, a whole bunch of devices going back years. And they keep on adding platforms to platforms and they release updates all together. It is pretty remarkable. Like even if you dislike Apple, what they do for multiple operating systems and a family of devices for each OS, it is pretty 
impressive. It is. Yeah, I think. It is, without a shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of wild that they make it work as well as they do. Yes. Right? And, yes. and the worst that they do with this is like the Mac comes out a couple of weeks later. And that's what I imagine for this. It's like... <laughs> that is the worst case scenario. <laughs> and that's probably yeah. what will happen here. Like Vision OS will either come out on the same day or it'll be like a week or two later on. And realistically, that's fine. But I, I think it, it's, a necess- it's a necessity because of the way they run their business. Like it, if they want to have the ecosystem be as strong as it is, which it is, these things have to work because like I'm giving them a pass right now, but like they told me, you know, I should use Safari profiles because it's going to be everywhere yeah. I use Safari. Well, it ain't. Yeah. Right? And so like I have a bunch of tabs right now that I use every day on all of my devices and I can't get that's, to them. That's terrible. So it's like, I give them a pass right now, but it needs to happen, right? Like yeah. this stuff, you know, and th- like the iMessage contact key is one of them, right? Like some people just can't use iMessage. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that needs to be added. So I, I think something else I'd like to see in the, in the very near future in these releases is moving more of their apps out of compatibility mode. I don't really understand why so many of them are in there and so many seemingly yeah. obvious ones like maps i probably put calendar in there as well mainly because the calendar ui like i mentioned earlier is very fiddly with eye control i really want to get to a point where that compatibility list of apple apps is very short and uh, I, I you know I, I, again i don't know why they're not there maybe it's like a disclosure issue with an apple they don't want to tell the, the, you know those those wild people building the calendar app that <laughs> there's a vision pro uh coming uh, maybe there's only two people working on calendar and they too busy to do it so far, but that I want more. And, and I, I want to see more of that. Um, the, the other thing I, I think I would, I would add here of, of things that we want to see sort of in, in, in near term versions of, uh, a vision OS is I think the guest mode is interesting the way that they set it up. So you can go in there and basically give people set access to apps but it's your apps. Like it's all your stuff is in them. And there's a lengthy support document we can find to put in the show notes. I think all of that's too convoluted. And it, it goes to a bigger discussion that Apple seems to be allergic to making their iOS based devices multi user, unless you have an iPad tied to an education account, which is like this whole other strange thing that really doesn't do what you think it should do. It's a kind of a weird process. And I understand that this is in tension with the fact that the Vision Pro may have your corrective lenses in it or may have your exact, you know, light shield and light shield cushion on it. But at $3,500, it would be really nice to share this with my spouse if she wanted to use it. And there's not an easy way to do that. And again, that's a broader problem that I think they should address, especially on iPad. It makes most sense on the iPad. Like, why is an iPad a single user device? 14 years into it, I do, I literally do not understand. But I, I, I would, if they do that, I'd like it to come to this product as well. Yep, I agree with you. Like the, the guest mode is nice to get, like, in theory, it's nice to have one. In practicality, it's just not very good. Like, it just doesn't work very well. And it's very complicated and convoluted. And it would, I don't, we don't have the answers for what you would do to make this work, but it would yeah. be, really great if they could work something out yeah yeah it's it's a matter of prioritization right apple can make these yep. things do anything um it's just a matter of uh 
of what what is important to to them and, and to their roadmap. But to, to reiterate something you said a second ago, for a 1.0, it is it is very impressive. I think that leaves the question of where does it fit into our lives? Like, I, I think that's still unanswered. I think mo- I think almost for everybody, right? I don't think we can answer that one weekend. And, and that's where at the beginning of the show, you said that you wanted to know what I thought. And that's been my sticking point. I, I said on threads the other day, because I've said it in person, like I have never in the 15 years of me doing this, I have never had a, a new Apple product or a tech story be like, I've never had one that more people ask about than this. Got a bunch of people like, Oh, did you get the, and a lot of people call them the goggles, which is very interesting to me. Uh, I think just because of the look, but a lot of people like, Hey, have you tried it? Did you get one? What do you think of it? People are interested in this. I've never had more people come up to me like in my life or text me in my life about a product. But it makes it really hard. Like, my job is to have feelings about computers. This is what I've said to them. And I don't know how I feel about this. And I think that really comes down to where does it fit in? And I've just come to realize over the last couple of days, we're not going to know maybe for a long time where this fits into our lives, whether it be entertainment or productivity or something in between. It's just going to take time because this is so different and... And, and really, it's it's unlike things that we've we've had before in almost any way. Mm-hmm. Federico, I can't wait. I'm just so excited for you when me, it gets me there. Me too. Me too. Soon, I hope. Soon, but not yet. Well, now that we have finished follow up, it's time to go into the closing. How does that sound? <laughs> Perfect. The, the <laughs> natural order. Yes, it's like the time we did the show based on dice rolls, and everyone freaked out. If you want to find links to the stuff we spoke about, they're in your podcast player. They're also on the web at relay.fm slash connected slash 488. If nothing else, click on the link that says OTJ in the sky. Like, just click that one. It will make your day. Uh, I want to set it as, a, as an environment in, on, my, on my Vision Pro, on my face computer. You can find us all online. You can find Federico and his whole team over at Mac Stories. Y'all have done a great job of highlighting vision os apps like i've downloaded basically everything y'all talk to that is one way this does feel like the iphone it's like early days of the app store man i've i've just I've, mm. i'm just downloading apps man like i'm just going wild um mm-hmm. lots of great coverage over there you can follow federico on social media at vatici on threads and at vatici at MacStories.net on mastodon mike co-hosts a bunch of other shows here on relay fm i'm very excited to hear y'all's cortex episode which i hope is coming about all this it's recorded. Awesome. So yeah. soon, but not yet. Yes, soon, but not yet. Soon, but not yet. You can follow uh, Mike's work also at Cortex Brand and online. He is iMike on threads and iMike at Mike.social over on Mastodon. You can find my writing at 512pixels.net and I co-host Mac Power Users each and every Sunday. Uh, this Sunday's episode is very much like this one. It is uh, David Sparks and I talking about our experiences and, and impressions of the Apple Vision Pro and its platform. We talk a lot about the entertainment productivity angles. So I think that's a really nice compliment to this episode. So that'll be out Sunday. You can find me on social media, ISMH86 on threads and ISMH at eworld.social on Mastodon. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, ShipStation, NetSuite, and Ecamm. And until next week, guys, say goodbye.
Arrivederci. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.